and welcome to The Therapist Mindset. I'm your host, Jamie Bonayudo, licensed professional counselor, licensed alcohol and drug counselor, registered yoga instructor, and Reiki master. Thank you so much for being here. The Therapist Mindset brings us evidence-based therapies with a spiritual backbone. Through mindfulness, we can grow and change. I want to thank you in advance for supporting this podcast. It means so much to me. If you want to continue to support The Therapist Mindset, please give me a five-star review and share, share, share. The more you share this podcast, the more we can help others and grow. Thank you. Let's get started. Today's topic is inner child healing and shadow work. Now, if you've listened to The Therapist Mindset and regularly follow new episodes, you'll know that I have an inner child healing meditation, and I really recommend you going back and listening to it and participating in that meditation. We'll talk about inner child healing again today, but today we're really focusing on the connection, the intersect between inner child healing and shadow work. So inner child healing and shadow work intersect as we dive deep and inward to confront our emotional wounds and overcome them. Remember, inner child healing is reparenting oneself. It's about identifying those wounded inner child parts and loving and supporting yourself and nurturing that childlike part of yourself in order to heal these wounds that we've been carrying since childhood or adolescence. Inner child healing includes loving yourself by revisiting negative and traumatic childhood experiences, by revisiting memories, exploring childhood experiences and memories, and being there in the adult version of yourself sitting with that child version of yourself and being there to support and love that child version of you with compassion. And that's something that might not have been present when you were a child or adolescent experiencing these events as they were occurring at the time. So the beauty of inner child work and inner child healing is that As adults, we now can go back through visualization, through memory exploration, through meditation, and revisit these memories, these experiences, but from a place where we're there for ourselves. If you didn't have someone supporting you at that time you were a child or adolescent, you can support that child and adolescent version of you now as an adult. What is shadow work? Shadow work is used to assist inner child healing. So I know we've been throwing around these terms a lot lately um, in social media and other kind of pop culture, um, psychology, articles, TV shows, podcasts. But shadow work means looking at that side of yourself that you want to avoid. So shadow work is used as an adjunct to help assist with your inner child work, with your inner child healing. 
we really can't properly or fully heal our inner child wounds or our teen wounds without going into the shadow. So shadow work involves exploring what's called your shadow side or the side of yourself, the parts of yourself, that version of yourself that you've hidden, that you want to avoid. Maybe because there's some sense of shame, you feel embarrassed by it, it's viewed as bad or negative. Um, So we want to explore those parts of ourselves and then embrace them grow to accept them, learn to love them. And once we do that, we can integrate all the parts of ourself, our shadow self, our wounded inner child, our protector parts, our inner critic, and we can find healing. And what happens when we find healing? That's when the behavior change comes. When we heal the emotion, when we regulate the nervous system through healing, then we break down destructive behavior patterns that hold us back and we start to grow. We start to behave in ways that are no longer maladaptive behaviors because we're in fight, flight, freeze mode. They're no longer survival behaviors, but now we begin to live authentically. We begin to honor our genuine, authentic selves. We begin to heal ourselves and that promotes attracting healed people. So our friendships, our relationships, our interpersonal relationships become healthier and we become overall in a space of healing and wellness versus survival and attracting or being attracted to toxic relationships or having toxicity in our relationships because of our own wounds. So think of the shadow self as that part of you that's carrying all the baggage, that part of you that it carries all the burden, the weight of all these maybe personality traits that you've been told are bad. Um, through childhood, you might have been told that something about you is bad, that you're too sensitive, or you you take things too seriously, or you're, you're unforgiving or selfish. So that shadow side of yourself carries all the burden, all the weight of feeling like there's something wrong with you or feeling like I can't let people know this part of me because I'll be abandoned or rejected. The shadow carries all of that. So in doing shadow work and inner child healing, we release these burdens. And as a result, you find freedom because you're able to live authentically. Like, yes, I am sensitive, but that's okay. Or yes, I need to work on this. Or this is my weakness or this is my strength. And both are okay. So normally, we want to avoid the shadow. It's human nature. I think it's counterintuitive to want to learn to embrace these sides of ourselves that we've always since childhood and adolescence been told that they're negative or they're bad or there's something about them that is unacceptable. And so it's counterintuitive for 
me to say and for us to hear and to experience bringing out those sides of ourselves and learning to love them and accept them and embrace them. When our whole lives we've been told, no, this is something that is bad or negative or unacceptable or shameful and it needs to either go away or be hidden. So shadow work is uncomfortable. It's really important that you have a good support system before you dive into shadow work, whether that be um, a therapist that you have a good relationship with, but not just therapy. Like therapy alone is great, but we also need supports more than just seeing your therapist on a weekly basis. So some other support systems that you can put in place to help support your healing journey as you dive into inner child healing and shadow work is to make sure that you have somewhat of a social circle, some friends who are supportive and compassionate, family who is supportive and compassionate. Um, And it doesn't, you can have just one. I'm not saying you have to have an abundance of people in your life. And I know that that's not realistic for most of us. So identifying who is your support system, identifying your resources that might be in the community, it might be a pastor or someone in your spiritual community, it may be a life coach, it might be your therapist, it might be a mentor, but identify your support system, identify your resources, because this is hard stuff. And even though we have to do it alone, we have supports and resources, we just have to allow ourselves to use them as appropriate as needed. They're there for us. So what can inner child wounds look like? I'm going to get into that. I just need to grab a quick beverage. Be right back. So inner child wounds can look like mistrust, like having your guard up, not trusting people. Inner child wounds for some people can look like being reactive and defensive. Inner child wounds can look like being a people pleaser, being um, someone who doesn't want to disappoint others can look like negative self-talk or low self-esteem, like really beating yourself up, your inner critic really um, dominating your life. Inner child wounds can also include hyper-independence that goes along with mistrust. You do everything yourself. You won't ask for help. You're not trusting that others can assist you, that others can be dependable. So you just take it all on yourself. Inner child wounds can include not wanting to advocate for yourself or not being confident enough to advocate for yourself. People with inner child wounds typically, uh, unhealed inner child wounds, I should say, typically um, have a difficult time setting boundaries and they're susceptible to codependency and toxic and sometimes abusive relationships. Now, it's different for everybody. So you may identify or resonate with some of these characteristics, but not all. And you might have one or two that you identify with that I didn't name. So, But inner child wounds 
oftentimes include at least some of these things. What does shadow work look like? Or how do you identify shadow work? So shadow work manifests a lot of times as emotions, like feeling certain emotions can trigger your shadow. And I'm going to try to explain this the best I can with the emotion of shame because shame is an emotion that many people want to hide. There's a negative kind of um, perception about shame. It's stigmatized. It's something that we feel, it doesn't feel good. So, and it's something that we kind of have labeled as a bad emotion. So, and that's what shame is, right? Shame is essentially the definition of shame is I am bad. Um, not the behavior was poor judgment or the behavior was bad, but that's guilt. Guilt is a behavior where I'm guilty. The behavior was bad or wrong. Shame is internalizing that. I am as a person bad. I am wrong. So there's a big difference between guilt and shame. So shame, that feeling of shame often triggers our shadow. That feeling of shame is often big in that shadow side. And that feeling of shame, like I said, doesn't feel good. And most people typically when they feel it, they stuff it. They run from it. You want to hide it. You want to avoid it. So if you're having a sense of shame or uh, a kind of inclination to avoid an emotion, that's a trigger that this is part of my shadow side. This emotion is connected with my shadow and I'm triggered and I feel the need, I feel pressured, I'm pressuring myself to hide this emotion, avoid this emotion, push it out of the way, bury it, lock it in a shadow. And that's a clue that this is really something that needs to be explored more. So when you feel a feeling, an emotion like shame or any emotion that you're like, this doesn't feel good. I just want it to go away. I'm going to end it. That's a clue that this is part of your shadow and needs to where you would benefit from looking looking deeper there. Some other characteristics about the shadow side are personality traits again, that you are fearful of people finding out about. You want to hide them. You don't want people to know this about you. They could be quirky traits or they could be traits that you've been conditioned to believe are bad from childhood and adolescent experiences. Like um, maybe a parent told you you're too sensitive or you cry too much. Or um, I remember being told, you can't deal with disappointment. So now as an adult, when one is dis- when I'm disappointed, I don't really want to verbalize that because that's something that was I was told was bad. Just deal with it. You're too sensitive. So all of that is part of your shadow side. 
Another clue that your shadow side is present is judging yourself and judging others. If you feel like you fall into this category of, I don't know why I'm so judgmental or people tell you you're judgmental, that's part of your shadow. Along with being judgy is being blamey and not taking accountability. So if you find yourself blaming other people and they may have... um like some of the blame might be on them. But if you're someone who has difficulty looking inward to see where you played a part in this, then that's a clue that your shadow side is present and need that needs to be addressed. And then wallowing in self-pity or complaining. So a lot of our shadow side has that victim mentality, um, that negative dialogue, that self-pity, and a lot of times that manifests as people chronically complaining. So those are some characteristics common. Again, um, they're common to inner child wounds and our shadow side, but that certainly isn't all of them. There may be some that you resonate with, some that you, you know, just doesn't apply to you at all. And there may be some characteristics that I didn't mention. So take what resonates with you, but these are some common common inner childhood wounds and characteristics and traits of our shadow side. So what do we do about it? What are some ways to connect with your inner child in addition to therapy and identifying your supports and resources? Here are some ways that we can connect with our inner child. Have conversations with yourself. You are not crazy. We all talk to ourselves all the time. We all have an internal dialogue, whether you're mindful of it or not, but talking to yourself, being more mindful of that internal dialogue, recognizing when it's critical, when it's self-blame, and having that conversation with yourself. Say, stop. I like to put my hand up in that gesture, and I say out loud, stop. Jamie, What you just said, I know you're upset and that's valid, but that was really unkind, really critical, really blaming yourself. How else can we look at this? How else can I protect myself? How else can I overcome this hardship without being so blamey, judgmental, and critical to myself. So having this conversation with yourself, and you can even have this conversation with your inner child or inner teenager. You can reparent yourself, and that's part of the inner child healing. It's having these conversations with that child version of you and reparenting you now being the parent, the adult version of you, reparenting your inner child supporting, being compassionate. And that might be something that wasn't experienced at the time of the actual experience or event. How else can you connect with your inner child? Write down memories. Write down memories, explore them, and again, have the conversation. Identify the emotions that you felt at the time with that memory. Identify the situation and the emotion and validate that emotion instead of avoiding it and put it, pushing it away. Meditation. And again, I mentioned my inner child healing meditation. 
I strongly encourage you to go back and listen to that meditation. Um, it, it was really meaningful for me and I hope it's meaningful for you too. And then journaling. So here are some journal prompts that you can use to connect with your inner child. Describe a childhood memory. What traits did you have as a child that still hold true for you today? What is one thing that you would change if you could about your childhood? What was the relationship like with your parents? So those are just a handful of journal prompts that you can use to start journaling in a way that will help you connect with your inner child. And then cognitive behavioral therapy, identifying limiting beliefs, negative self-talk, and challenging that. And journaling is a great way to begin to identify these limited be- limiting beliefs and negative internal dialogues. So you want to identify the limited beliefs, you want to challenge them, and then see if you can reframe that thinking. See if you can exchange the self-blame, the inner critic, the negative self-talk with a more compassionate and loving dialogue. And that's how we reframe the narrative. So your inner child wound might include an experience where you felt shame and you blamed yourself for that. And that's been your narrative. So in renaming that narrative, reframing that narrative, retelling that story, you can validate that this experience contributed to you feeling ashamed This experience contributed to trauma to a wounded inner child. And at the same time, you can reframe the narrative by being more compassionate to yourself. You know, recognizing that despite the hardship, you survived, you thrived, you completed school, or you um, healed a family relationship or, you know, whatever it is for you, just focusing on retelling yourself that story in a way that is non-judgmental, compassionate, and supportive. Another example of identifying your limited beliefs and reframing them with cognitive behavioral therapy is I through identifying behavior patterns. So you might, in your journaling, use the prompt, um, what was your relationship like with your parents? And you might write about how one or both of your parents worked a lot and they weren't home and you felt abandoned. And you recognize that one of your maladaptive behavior patterns is feeling abandoned by your partners or partner or have a history of feeling abandoned by different partners in different relationships. And that's something that possibly contributed to relationships being toxic or unhealthy or the end of relationships. So you can identify that, identify that this is connected with an inner child wound and feeling abandoned by a parent who wasn't there for you and re 
frame that thinking, reframe that narrative, retell or rewrite your story by recognizing, yes, I felt abandoned. Yes, that's legitimate. It's valid, validating your experience, validating your feelings. And at the same time, how else can you think about that? Well, my parent worked two jobs because they needed to take care of me. And my partner now works overtime because he or she or they also want to take care and provide for me. So being able to explore these childhood experiences through journaling and being able to kind of point out or bring these limited beliefs to the surface through your journaling will help you to reframe your thinking have these conversations with yourself where you're more compassionate, supportive, non-judgmental, and loving, and rewrite your narrative and your story. And then you want to choose a positive mindset. So we always have this choice. And so many times we, as human beings, get stuck in this victim mentality because the fact is, is that bad things happen and people don't deserve it. And we can't control everything that life brings us. We can't control everything that we're going to go through, but we can control how we respond to it. We can control how we think about it. And that's where we can choose a positive mindset. That's where we can choose to stay in the victim mentality or we can choose to reframe our thinking and do the work. I also want to give you some book recommendations and then we're going to go into our dialectical behavioral therapy cards. So some recommended books um, for inner child healing and shadow work are um, Inner Child Work by Meredith Lane. Um, Let's see, Owning Your Own Shadow by Robert Johnson, if I can read my own writing. And then one um, specifically for men, for those of you who don't know, when I worked in the prison system, I worked solely with men. So shadow work, the shadow work workbook for men. And I could not find the name of the author. I couldn't find my shadow work workbook for men. And when I looked it up, I wasn't sure I was finding the right one. But there are a few versions and um, something specific to men is really needed because, you know, men have this sense of shame oftentimes because societal conditioning that men are not supposed to cry or men are not supposed to be hurt or feel hurt. So that all um, contributes to to men having a difficult time with inner child healing and working through their own traumas and their shadow sides. So I wanted to throw that workbook in there too as a recommended reading for clinicians and for clients um, and patients. So let's look at our dialectical behavior therapy deck. Dialectical behavior therapy or DBT is an evidence-based therapy um, developed by Marsha Linehan and there's lots of science behind it. We've been using it for decades and I really love it. It incorporates mindfulness with cognitive behavioral therapy and really focuses on um, dialectics that kind of balance between the black and the white. 
the good and the bad, the the shadow is all about dialectics, bringing out these um, what we're perceiving as bad, negative sides of ourselves and learning that there's good in them too. So let's look at my DBT card deck for some skills and see what comes out for us. So let's see. All right, so the first dialectical behavioral therapy skill that I pulled from the deck is a self-care skill called PLEASED. And I'm gonna read it right from the card because PLEASED is an acronym. But, okay, so this is what it says. Some of the most effective emotion regulation skills relate to self-care. In dialectical behavioral therapy, self-care is captured by the acronym PLEASED. PLEASED is an acronym for, I stopped reading, sorry. PLEASED is an acronym for ways in which we can take care of ourselves. So going back to the card, I'm going to read it again. The P is physical health. So what is physical health? Going to the doctor when you need to, following treatment recommendations. L is list resources. So we talked a little bit about this already. List your resources. E, eat healthy foods in a balanced way. So we don't you know, it's all about balance, but wanting to eat healthy helps our overall wellness, helps our mood, helps our, you know, brain, eliminate brain fog, depression, anxiety. Food plays a big part in that. Avoid drugs and alcohol, sleep, get enough sleep. Sleep is underrated. We need sleep to function, rest and digest. Exercise, exercise every day, even if that is a walk or stretch at your desk. And daily practice makes the difference. So be consistent. We don't have to do it all, but if you do a little every day and you're consistent, you will see a huge improvement. All right, what other DBT cards do we wanna pull? I'm gonna pull two more. All right, well, this is funny. I pulled vacation. And that's funny because vacation is my lifestyle. I'm always on vacation. I love vacation. So in dialectical behavior therapy, vacation means taking a break from the crisis or stressful situation. So we need vacations. We need breaks. So if you're having a stressful situation, a challenging time, a hardship, allow yourself the break. Give yourself permission to take a break. That might mean taking a nap in the middle of the day. That might mean removing yourself, turning off your phone, walking on the beach or going into the woods or to a park and sitting on the swing for 15 minutes by yourself. Taking a break from the crisis, especially if it's something that isn't going to be solved right now. And if you're finding difficulty in solving a problem, a break might be the remedy. If you're finding difficulty where you're like, I don't know what to do, then doing nothing really is the answer a lot of the times and taking a break from thinking about it is necessary. So give yourself a break, give yourself a chance to refresh and rejuvenize and the problems and the answers might, you know, the answers might come to you after you allow yourself, give yourself permission to take a break from it. And then the last dialectical behavior therapy card is the dear man tips. So dear man is to help you be more assertive. 
And in doing our inner child healing and shadow work, as we previously mentioned, some of the characteristics include having a hard time setting boundaries, having difficulty advocating for yourself or speaking your truth. So being assertive is important. It's an important skill to start learning as we're healing our inner child and working on the shadow side. So the dear man tips assume that others don't know what you want or need. We're not, nobody's a mind reader. So you have to really tell people what you want or what you need from them. We can't assume that they know. Number two is in dear man is to think about your goals for being assertive. Why do you want to learn how to be more assertive or set better boundaries? How does it benefit you? What is your, you know, what is your why, as they say? Be direct with your words and ask or say no clearly. I tell people this all the time. You can't like pussyfoot around it. You have to be straightforward and direct. Consider your timing. So you might know that it's a better time to ask your boss something at the beginning of the day versus the end of the day. So really just be mindful about when is the best time for me to be assertive. Consider the intensity or level of your request. So sometimes I encourage people and I've practiced myself, practice talking to the person, especially if it's someone like a boss or a partner and you feel nervous having this conversation, take some time to practice. And remember, assertiveness raises the possibility of you getting your needs and your wants met, but it's not a guarantee. But if you're not assertive or you don't ask or advocate for yourself at all, then that's a guarantee that your needs are not going to be met. Thank you so much for joining me today. Again, thank you so much for supporting this podcast. Please give us a five-star review and share. Feel free to follow me on TikTok for more education at The Therapist Mindset on TikTok. If you have any questions or want to find out more information or share your idea for a podcast, then please email me at thetherapistmindset at gmail.com. Thank you again. I appreciate you all. May you be well. Namaste.